This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and thispipelife.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you, sir. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you, Yeah, we're, we're recording a, a day early, as uh, our loyal uh, live <laughs> listeners know. We normally record on Monday, but uh, you've right. got somewhere to be, I think, tomorrow, and so we're uh, we're, yeah. we're doing a day early, which happens to be Easter. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, this, uh, and we're actually doing it. We'll just pull the curtain completely back. We're actually yeah. doing it since uh, it was kind of a, a la- not necessarily a last minute, but, but since it kind of fell in kind of a, an off date. Uh, we're actually doing it here at Pottery Studios. So, that's right. That's right. You know, you're looking in uh, for those of us joining us on the live show rather than seeing the uh, the beauty and the 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 legacy, elegance and charm exactly of of, of ye old pipe shop. Yeah. Instead, you get ye newish uh, recording pod, studio podcast studio. Yeah. And with these uh, beautiful uh, burlap uh, coffee bags exactly. that, that I'm assuming are up on the wall to help with the sound. Is that right? Yeah. They're they're here to help yeah. with the sound, but I like to feel as though the caffeine that is in those bags is right. seeping through the air and into us. Even as we speak, that's I, that's the. Goal. I, I think it kind of goes the other way. I think I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Bo gets like caffeinated. I think the caffeine gets gets bowinated. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think right. it happens the other way. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Dude, happy, happy Easter to you. I've got to uh, tell a quick story. Yeah, please uh, do. You know, it, it's funny, something that happened in church recently. And, uh, you know, occasionally Bo and I bring this kind of stuff up. But uh, anyway, I was at worship uh, and this guy. Uh, who I recognized as a regular at the shop, oh. uh, or a semi-regular person at the shop, was was there, and he didn't see me, but I saw him. And you know, I go to this little Anglican church. He went up front. He was you know taking communion, and and then he um, came back, and then at, sat down after the service. I wanted to make sure. Oh, I'd just say hey to him. The, you know, so you've got this guy. He was talking to like our priest, Father Keith, the the rector at our church. Shout and, out to Father Keith. You know, and, and a bunch of uh, a bunch of other uh, church, you know, folks. He was just kind of getting to know folks, and he was a visitor of church, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, uh, just wanted to talk to folks, and you know, people were kind to him and welcoming him and all that. And I tapped him on the shoulder. He turned around, and Bo, the look of abject horror in his face when when <laughs> when he saw his drug dealer oh, at the church with him. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it was so funny. He was like, "Man, don't tell anyone that I smoked this pipe." And uh, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I was like, man, brother, trust me, like, like." Both the priests here are right, my customers. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it was really, it was really funny. So oh, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah, it's just you know that's the kind of stuff that happens when you're uh, you know in uh, in our goofy little world. So it, it was it was pretty great. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, you know, um, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a fun day, uh, Easter Easter holiday for us. We've got uh, the, um, you know, the the two my my two children are now old enough that they can both participate in Easter egg hunts. Oh yeah, and so uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We had we had two hunts of the day. Okay, uh, one was at my parents' house. The other was at at the house. We actually had my in laws uh, on an iPad as we were kind of taking them around, you know, so they could. <laughs> Watch the festival. Easter egg hunting in the 21st century. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's, it, man, it was a lot of fun and, um, just, just an absolutely beautiful day to do it. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking very specifically, uh, as we were sitting around the table and everybody was kind of, you know, sharing Bible verses. And then also, uh, those of us that had participated in Lent were also sharing kind of some of our, our, our struggles, uh, in yeah. doing so this year. Yeah. Kind of talk about your experience a little bit. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I, I think I confessed this on the show. And if not, I'm doing it now. I, I, I bombed out midway through, man. <laughs> I, I, I tried too hard and I just, I failed so, so bad. And well, so, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you, you gave it the old college try, and, and hopefully, uh, as you struggled occasionally, uh, you, you uh, thought of, of good things. But um, <laughs> yeah, that definitely, definitely. But, the, yeah. but, then you, but then you just chose to, you know, die. What, what was your uh, what was your poison of choice that you gave up this go around? Well, it, uh, bread, beer, pasta. Like that's the thing. Like I went, carbs. Yeah. All, yeah. Pretty it, much it, all no, carbs. you got to pick one of those. Yeah. Any, was, any one of those. It was would a be really difficult. So. It was a mistake. <laughs> but uh, but one way or the other, man, it, it, it really was a uh, it really was a beautiful Easter. And, yeah. Uh, it really really was, man. I, I was quite moved today it was very very good well so let me ask you this though after after the feasting and everything else that's and, right uh, and hunts and such uh, did you uh, did you indulge did you uh, enjoy your pipe i didn't today actually i i because seersucker suit on not smoking some seersucker i i i, I did not uh, today actually right after worship and then gorging myself at my cousin's house i took a two-hour nap and it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so, so Sunday naps are kind of a thing for me, and uh, I probably will smoke a pipe tonight uh, on the porch with a glass of wine uh, before uh, starting up the new the new week. Oh, man. Well, hey, uh, I got to ask you this, though, because for whatever reason, I, I don't know if this is just our part of the world or if this is all over uh, the country, but Easter in Mississippi means that all like there's some sort of law that says that all men must wear bow ties. Yeah. And not even like of a certain age, like like the kids are wearing bow ties, the, the adults <laughs> are wearing bow ties. I, now, I know you are one who likes to uh, who pulls a bow tie from time I, to time. Occasionally, I rock a bow tie. Yeah. At, today? In college, I, I did not. I did not. Oh, I, I actually didn't wear a tie at all oh, today. Man. Oh, yeah. I kind of, oh, I know, I know. John yeah. David Cole not yeah. wearing a tie and, on Easter. And, you know, the thing is, like, if you would have known me about 10 years ago, like, I was exclusively bow tie. And so that, you know, there's just a lot that's changed in my life since uh, since then. So, yeah. All right. Fair enough, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know, the great thing is that, um, you know, with uh, with us recording on a holiday, we were able to kind of talk about that fresh. And, uh, I, you know, don't know where, where you guys are, but but hopefully uh, those of you who are able to join us uh, on this holiday, maybe this means we're able to get a couple of uh, new listeners live that may not be able to listen to otherwise. But I do want to tell you this. The reason why this podcast, this week's episode is possible is completely 120 gazillion percent because of those of you who that's are helping make this show happen. Um, you know, that's that's why, you know, the, the fact that we now have you guys uh, supporting this show, big shout out to the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club yes. who's helping make this show happen mm-hmm. means that even when scheduling conflicts go crazy, uh, we still, you know, tr- do our best to go above and beyond for you. And, uh, and yeah, that means even on Easter getting together and uh, after after our midday naps, uh, coming and looking fresh and, and talking some tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I do want to mention that because if you're not, I really do want to strongly encourage you to uh, to also join those who are helping make this show happen for even just a dollar an episode. If you go to patreon.com slash country squire radio, uh, become a patron. Those dollars go a long way to making sure that this content continues to come at you uh, with quality and consistency. Uh, that surpasses all others, or at least that's our, our goal. Anyway. That's that's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Man, so far we have uh, 69 people participating with us on Patreon, uh, and we're just very honored and, uh, of course, uh, moved by that. And, uh, and and we want you to know that that is a direct uh, direct reason why we're able to continue to do this and, uh, and, and get all the proper gear and have the quality, what it needs to be, and right. all that kind of stuff. So uh, anyway, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we're, we're glad to have you all on board with us. All right, so 
you know, we we like to talk about, uh, you know, some things that are uh, very, what's the right word? Timeless, right? Typically, we'll do a lot of shows where we talk about um, uh, famous pipe smokers. We talk about a lot of uh, shapes and cuts. We obviously do Historical stuff, pairings, yeah. Exactly. A lot of the lore and legacy. Different types of, uh, yeah, leaves and blends and things of that nature. On occasion, and a very rare occasion, but on occasion, there is news within the pipe world, within the the, the tobacco industry, and specifically the corner in which we exist in, uh, that is seismic enough that it really justifies an episode because not only is it impactful, uh, but because in and of itself, by being news, it is timeless. This is a moment in time in which we would uh, constantly look back at. Now, we've talked on this show before. I think we've even done, uh, if not... A few episodes, I know we've at least done one episode dedicated to Latakia. That's right. However, in the world of Latakia, things are changing because in the world we live in, things are changing. Uh, and in fact, well, John David, why don't you break the news here for those who may not be familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. And uh, we'll just kind of back up a little bit. Yeah, this yeah. has been an ongoing process that folks have known about for, you know, that it's coming for, you know, several years now. We just kind of are seeing uh, it play out more in real time right now. Uh, the the uh, rubber's kind of meeting the road as it were. Anyway, Latakia, uh, our favorite leaf, uh, actually not my favorite leaf, but uh, but a, a very popular leaf yeah. amongst pipe smokers and, and of course, uh, quite storied, um, is is known to have come from Syria originally. Uh, Latakia actually, uh, which I'm sure we mispronounce uh, every time we say, is a port city on the Mediterranean in Syria. Of course, that's what the tobacco is named after. And so the Syrian Latakia that is so legendary is is finally starting to exit the market. Man. Um, and and we're uh, within the next probably two years, uh, we'll see no more uh, blends produced or sold in the entire world, actually, uh, featuring Syrian Latakia. And so, Man. Um, yeah, so so we, we knew this was coming. We knew that the hordes of Latakia that these companies and blenders had stockpiled uh, was going to dwindle over the past several years. But the Syrian stock is finally now coming to to its end. And so uh, we, we wanted to mark that. We wanted to just kind of talk about it a little bit and also, uh, you know, kind of it just pull the curtain back on, you know, what what exactly is so special about Syrian Latakia? Why is it rare? Why is it going away? Why, you know, what's the alternatives and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so anyway, we thought we'd dive into some of that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So you mentioned, of course, that Latakia is a, uh, a leaf that is blended, uh, so beautifully into so many different blends. That's right. And is also one that is uh, beloved by many in the in the pipe tobacco community why is it why why does latakia like how where does it fit in for not you obviously because you're, yeah. you're not a big fan of it uh but you know I'm, I'm thinking very specifically of close friends of ours that almost exclusively smoke, smoke blends latakia blends latakia, yeah, yeah. Uh, latakia the um the syrians have a term for it if I, if i try to pronounce it i'm sure i would butcher it but uh the the term that they use for latakia uh it means the king of flavors and and, and so there's this concept in which mm. you know you've got a leaf that's just incredibly different in the pipe world a lot of leaves are uh they're they're um you know their intrigue is more uh nuanced perhaps but latakia is so incredibly 
powerful and polarizing. It's this velvety, rich, uh, strong. The it's the loudest person in the room kind of thing, you know. And uh, and, and it's one of those that uh, you know, if you if you love it and you hate it, or you hate it, you respect it, you know. Yeah, oh, that, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. one of those things, uh, you know. Obviously, as a blender, we we use a lot of it, um, and, and it's changed over time. The uh, the uh, usages of Latakia, the amount that folks have. Uh, used it and and with what and and in what proportions and uh, what blends or uh, you know what type of leaves can go with it and uh, is that acceptable or not? All these things have kind of evolved over time, but huh. uh, but the the lovely uh, velvety smoky leaf that we know uh, it is you know very popular in its own right. And so um, anyway, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know just the Syrian Latakia, Latakia in general, and uh, and then you know kind of what what's happening here. Syrian Latakia, um, it's a leaf that um, it, it's actually, we've talked about this before on our previous Latakia episode, but um, it, there's a leaf. The Latakia is not the name of the plant. Uh, you're actually taking the um, the tobacco leaf. It's I'm going to butcher the name. It's called the Shek El Bent, and it's a, uh, oh, wow. a, a Syrian tobacco leaf native. Obviously, it's that northern Syria portion uh, closer to Turkey, and they take this leaf uh, they harvest it at, you know, it's kind of peak variety. This particular leaf has a uh, kind of a strong amount of nicotine with a, you know, it's a very robust flavor, Got strong nicotine. So yeah. uh, it's one of those that is a, is a more rust tobacco, robust tobacco in its own right. Uh, they harvest it and then they actually sun dry it. And generally when they uh, take these shekel bent leaves, they are actually sun drying them on the ground, like even just laying down. So imagine the, you know, intense you know, Middle Eastern sun kind of beating down on these leaves, uh, you know, drying them out. And once they're dry, they are hung in uh, these large barns, okay? And they're they're actually smoked for about 15 weeks. Mm. So think about, you know, when you smoke something, even if you're smoking a turkey or something, the flavor of the turkey is being imparted from the smoke particles of, let's say, the mesquite wood or whatever, you know, you're putting underneath that right, uh, yeah. kind of thing. And so the Latakia is actually flavored the same exact way. So you've got these huge barns and for nonstop for 15 weeks, these leaves are actually uh, smoked. And, and the beauty of it is they are smoked by the local hardwoods native to northern Syria. Oh, wow. And so it, yeah. you're literally getting the flavor of that land imparted into uh, the leaf that, that you're enjoying. So it's, it's just this bizarre uh, experience. They've got, uh, you know, things like uh, pine and uh, cedar, oak and uh, juniper are known to go on these fires that are, you know, kind of smoldering underneath these, uh, you know, leaves for days. All right, quick side note. Is juniper, is that... Is that native to Syria? A variety of it is. Okay. I, yeah, right. I don't know if you know it, if it is uh, entirely. Yeah, but uh, but a variety of it. Interesting. Is. So, okay, all right, cool. I didn't mean to derail. Yeah. I just no, uh, no, great. Yeah. Um, so you know that's where all those flavors are coming from. Um, these uh, amazing plants, obviously, that are that are harvested. Uh, you know, burned and then uh, imparting those flavors into the Latakia leaves. And so, um, and, and that's been going on for about 150 years now. So Latakia, as we've talked about before, uh, was kind of accidentally discovered back in the uh, mid-19th century. Uh, you know, they had like a fire and uh, they forgot about these tobacco leaves at the end of the <laughs> harvest season. And they just kind of got up there. And, you know, after the next year, they were like, well, this is kind of interesting. And, uh, and and found out how that, uh, you know, just affected the flavor of the tobacco and, and, and all the different things. But um, around the turn of the 20th century, 
Uh, Latakia was really popular. Uh, it was exclusively grown in Syria at that point. Um, it was really popular in pipe blends, but also to flavor Turkish cigarettes. So think about the early course, yeah. um, the early cigarettes, you know, before all the uh, evil empire took over that industry. Uh, you know, you, you had a, a much more, you know, high quality, nuanced product. Uh, and these and these cigarettes would have Latik Turk, you know, Syrian Latakia uh, in in the in there to flavor and to spice it up. So, as cigarettes in America got more heavily burly based and uh, you know kind of changed characteristics over time, uh, eventually Latakia was uh, kind of declined in its use in cigarettes in the mid twentieth century. And at the same time, of course, you had. You think about what you had in you know in the first fifty years of the 1900s. You had World War One and World War Two, uh, both of which affected that part of the world you know very heavily. Yeah. And so Syria was is known for not having a ton of arable land, and so they didn't they you know you know uh, farmland in Syria was just very uh, it was just priceless. It was something that you had to have, and so in order to you know create more farmland, most of the woods that that you know they had in Syria were actually destroyed to create more arable land so they could raise livestock or you know grow crops or something like that well the the problem with that was on the tobacco side is that all the you know the brush and the land the the trees the forest that was your source of the flavor for Latakia mm. and so as that started to dwindle uh, over time you know you you kind of had these competing interests like the tobacco uh, required the forest but crops and livestock required, uh, you know, pasture, and so they kind of had this uh, this right, give and take, and right. eventually, just you know, by the needs of the uh, the you know the locals, um, you know, the pasture kind of won out, and so um, so production of Syrian Latakia actually completely ceased uh, in 1960. Um, and, and what's interesting is at that time you had all these companies that had just hoarded this stuff, like uh, you know, think of um, you know, you can kind of uh, compare it to the embargo with Cuba, like when they uh, stopped yeah. allowing Cuban cigars to come in right before, you know, you had the tales of President Kennedy, like, you know, sending his aides down to the, uh, you know, shop to go, you know, stock up on, you know, Cohibas and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and the same thing was happening. So these uh, these blenders had just hoarded this uh, Syrian Latakia and that those those amounts of Latakia lasted even until the mid 1980s. And so think about for 20 years, um, it, it really the prime of some of the most storied blends in uh, in, you know, the pipe uh, the pipe world, you know, think of all the Dunhill blends, Balkan Sobrani, you know, blends that uh, featured this Syrian Latakia, um, you know, in their prime, they were actually using uh, tobaccos that had been procured uh, 10 and 20 years before uh, wow. that eventually ran out in the 1980s. So just really, really amazing. Um, huh. So, you know, you've got you, you've got think about I, I love the comparison with the Syrian situation to the Cuban embargo, uh, because just like what happened in, in Cuba, uh, by law, the guys were, you know, kind of forced out of the the country. Uh, and so you had all the expertise drain with that. You had all the, um, you know, the, the resources and the folks that could really invest in the newest technology and the uh, the best, you know, crop rotation and all this other stuff. Uh, when they left Cuba, they left, you know, for places like the Dominican Republic and eventually Nicaragua and Honduras. Um, and, and, and so there was kind of this brain drain and resource drain from Cuba uh, with the, with the cigars. 
Well, the same thing happened in the Latakia world. And so when Latakia was forced to shut down by the government in 1960, um, all those all those folks either retired from the industry, found other things to do, or moved to Cyprus and started making Latakia in Cyprus. Right, and right, so right, Cyprus, yeah. of course, uh, is where we get the bulk of our Latakia today. Um, and, and I love the difference there. There's You've got the Cyprian Latakia, Cyprus uh, Latakia, you know, that has much more... Uh, it's bolder. It's uh, more in your face. It's richer. It's uh, uh, you know, it got this extreme smoky component to it. Um, you know, y- y- if you use more than ten percent, it all of a sudden starts to get real overwhelming and things of that nature. But the the Syrian Latakia is much more nuanced. There's a tartness about it. It's floral. Uh, it obviously has the smoky, peaty flavors that are there. But uh, but there's just more more going on. I think on a uh, on the sweeter end of the palate. It's kind of fascinating. So, so you know, but you've had all this resource that left Syria, went to Cyprus, and, and by the time the Syrians opened it back up for, uh, you know, the Latakia to be produced again in their country, all the resources were kind of gone, you right, know. Right, they, right, they, yeah. They'd all moved on to other parts of the world and, and, and just, just weren't there anymore. Can I ask you something? Yeah. All right, all right. You're, I, I mean, with the understanding that you are John David Cole. Yes, this fact. All right. Is your palate attuned enough? All right. Well, let, all right. Let's let's say not you. Actually, let's say let's say the average person. You put in Cyprus Latakia and 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 Syrian Latakia in front of somebody. Yeah. They smoke both. Are they able to tell which one is? I mean, is it that stark of a difference? Yeah, I think so. Really? I I, I, I think so. Okay. Now, now, you know, if you start to look at blends that have different types in there, you know, you might. You know, if, if you're looking at one blend that's got, let's say, the 1970s Balkan Sobrani uh, that had the, you know, at the height of its, uh, you know, uh, quality and all that other stuff, you know, it had this uh, Syrian Latakia in it. I think if you smoked a Cyprian Latakia at the same time, you would tell a big difference. But, but you know, that's in a, a more pure form of it. I, I think those things, you know, if you smoke straight Latakia, I, I think at the same time, you would probably notice the difference. But... But it is much more nuanced when you start sure. blending with the stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, so you yeah. got you got other things competing for flavors there. Um, I think the more experienced smoker is going to be able to pick those things out. Um, you know, and and not just you know someone like me that smokes all day every day for a living. Right. Uh, but you know, <laughs> folks that uh, you know, folks that that do enjoy tobacco. I think even those that uh, you know don't necessarily enjoy. Uh, Latakia blends as much, I think, would be able to pick out some of the differences there. But, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and it's interesting. You'll have people that they'll say, oh, you know, I really like that uh, McClelland, uh, you know, wilderness tobacco. Or, I, I don't know, for some reason, I like the Three Oaks Syrian tobacco. It's really good. And then, and then, you know, turn around, oh, you must like English blends. And then those same people are like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really care for, uh, you know, a Dunhill Nightcap or, uh, you know, the... Um, Frogmorton uh, cellar or something like that, and and so what you'll start to notice is the blends they do like that have Latakia in them are actually blends that feature Syrian Latakia. It's kind of this fascinating thing, and so um, anyway, I think there are some uh, some things to pay attention to there. All right, so if I'm following the narrative correctly, so the the Syrian government opened back up for. Uh, for Latakia Production, to be right. you know, produced. However, right. the infrastructure wasn't there to support it. Yeah. 
That's exactly right. Was there who's our who's our boy down in uh, in New Orleans who basically is Parikh? Yeah, Mark Ryan. Is there a Mark Ryan of Syria? Well, so what what happened is once they you know opened it back up in Syria, of course, this was almost like you know around 1990. So we're still talking you know over 20 years ago now. Um, gosh, almost 30. That was um, yeah, it was. That's crazy. Uh, we're gosh, getting we're old. getting old. Yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so so by the time it was opened back up, you yeah. know, all the all the infrastructure, you you said it perfectly, had kind of moved on to Cyprus, and um, in in Cyprus they use a a different leaf. It's called the yellow Cypress tobacco. It's uh, similar to the Izmir leaf that we blend with uh, a Turkish leaf that's really great, um, and and so it's a, but it's a different leaf than the uh, than the leaf they're using in Syria, and then also they're using local Cyprian. Uh, woods to smoke the the tobacco with, right, and right, so right. they're using different. You know, it'd be like you, you smoking with mesquite and then smoking with hickory. You know, I mean, they're both smoked and they're both going to have kind of that, uh, you know, campfire flavor, but they're they're different woods. Yeah, you're so going to get some good barbecue, flavors. but it's going to taste completely. Yeah, it's just going to taste different. Yeah. That's right. And so, same thing with Syrian and Cyprian Latakia. Um, they're, you're just using different uh, different products, and so even though the process is the same. You know, you're going to get a different a different flavor. The uh, the ones in Cyprus are more uh, myrtle trees, cedar trees, cypress trees. Uh, you know, just just imparting different flavors. And so, once the moratorium was lifted in Syria, um, they had a uh, you know they they tried to get this off the ground and eventually realized all the expertise wasn't really there anymore. Um, and around 2000, all the uh, th- there was a huge batch of, you know, finally all this uh, Syrian Latakia that they were able to come out with. Okay, so you had these uh, guys that were trying to, you know, kind of get it going. And, and they, they had this huge, uh, huge batch that came out. And all that went to market uh, in the early 2000s. Um, and, and that was the last Syrian Latakia that was ever distributed on the market Ever. 93. Uh, no, that that was by that time it was uh, right after two thousand. Right after so, two thousand. That's right. Okay. And so and so that was the last Syrian Latakia wow. that ever had been basically put onto the onto the market. Y two K. It's a it's a, I know right. I know. <laughs> Um, we were all wondering, waiting for the uh, the shoe to drop on Y two K. It did, and it did. It just you know not how we thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, so you had the major players. Think of the major players at the time. You had uh, you know, folks like Mac Barron, uh, and then uh, in the states here, you had people like um, McClellan Tobacco, which we know and love, and the Cornell and Deal folks, which which also produce uh, GLP's tobacco as well. Our good friend. Uh, Greg Peace. Um, and, and so these folks, they had these huge horde stockpiles of Syrian Latakia that they had sitting back. And, and you know, we always knew that it was going to be a limited thing. That's the deal. Like they, uh, you know, the, at, at this point in time, uh, this was even before the war that is currently going on in Syria. You know, we just knew the um, stability of that uh, agriculture of that nature in Syria was just probably not ever going to come back and all the resources had left. And, you know, the, the market for Latakia isn't what it used to be because Latakia is not used really in cigarettes anymore. And so, uh, the need for Syrian Latakia just kind of evaporated over time as they, uh, pushed the, the growers out of the country. And so, You've got, you know, these people, they were like, okay, well, this is the last Syrian Latakia that's probably ever going to be produced. Let's let's dive in. And so they bought literally as much as they could. Uh, and we're talking just enough Latakia to get through, you know, two decades. kind of. I mean, we're talking like a bunch of Latakia. Uh, it hit the market at all the same time. And so, so for the past almost 
15 years, you know, not quite 20 years, you've had these amazing blends that have featured Siri and Latakia, but the clock has kind of been ticking on them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah, Uh, The the clock's been ticking. You've got folks, uh, you know, like we mentioned Greg Peace. He came out with some amazing blends. Uh, The folks at Cornell and Deal, uh, McClelland and Mac Barron both. uh, We'll talk about some of their blends uh, in a bit. But the clock was always ticking. You know, they were like, okay, we're going to use this as much as we can. But but once it's gone, it's gone. And, um, you know, amazingly enough, in uh, 2004, what are the what are the chances of something as tragic of, like this would happen? But in 2004, the uh, the warehouse where Cornell and Deal had actually kept all of its uh, Cyprian or Syrian Latakia, the warehouse actually burned to the ground. What? And so in 2004, all of a sudden you had these these huge players that had stockpiled you know this precious Syrian Latakia, and all of a sudden you know GLPs and Cornell and Deal overnight lost its entire. You know, it's yeah. entire bit. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. can you imagine how good that fire smelled like three states away? I'm sure. Unless beautiful. you don't like English blends. Well, but, um, <laughs> it's just really tragic, you know. And so, so you know, the few precious blends that those uh, great blenders were making uh, at the time, you know, they, they immediately disappeared from the market. Um, and and kind of what is uh, bringing us, you know, to talk about this now is that McClelland, uh, you know, the, the, let's fast forward now 13 years and McClelland has just run out of its Syrian Latakia. And what's interesting is they actually uh, just went through a move. And so their headquarters moved, uh, you know, kind of to another side of, of Kansas City. And they actually uh, were kind of surprised that their Latakia ran out when it did. They thought they had more, but because of a stock error um, in some of their move and there was just some miscommunication, they actually uh, found out that they had a lot less uh, in a very short period of time. And so um, the, some of those great uh, McClellan blends that we've all kind of know and love, the Three Oaks Syrian, uh, Frogmorton Across the Pond, uh, the Super Syrian Super Balkan, and uh, just some of these great blends that McClellan had made um, – all of a sudden, over the past literally two months, as we're sitting here recording, uh, they have disappeared. Man. They're they're gone. And Man. if you can find them, you better buy them and you better put them back. <laughs> we had a uh, Russ. N- I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure our friend Russ Hicks is. Uh, he's just is, sitting back counting his money, salivating. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's already stocked up some. But yeah. uh, you know, we've had folks that have come by the shop and. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, blends that just feature these delicate, you know, precious Syrian leaves are, um, uh, you know, will be no longer created. I, I called, uh, you know, McClelland uh, the day after I heard this, that this was kind of on the rumor mill and uh, spoke with Mary, uh, you know, McNeil, who owns McClelland. And yeah, of course. She was, uh, you know, just just, you know, very upfront and, you know, you know, John David, I'm sorry, but you'll never you'll never get Frogmorton across the pond again, <sighs> ever again, like never. <laughs> it's just so tragic man um and so we the only what other blends are impacted i need to like like that's right i mean there's there's you know it, it, it's a small number of blends but it's a you know they're very important that's blends. every so, every blend is somebody's favorite that's right every blend. every that that's a great point it's a, you know we have all these blends cornell and deal has like you know 1800 blend not mm-hmm. that many but they have a ton of blends you know it's like every one of those blends you're right is probably someone's favorite exactly so to someone you know, this is a tragedy. It's uh, Frogmorton across the pond, uh, for instance. Um, I, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I recommended uh, that to that that particular blend to smokers that wanted to try an English blend for the first time. You know, these are aromatic smokers. They wanted something that, um, 
you know, it, we kind of give him the idea of what Latakia was like, but, you know, I didn't want to just punch him in the face with the stuff. You know, I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> right, just right, throw, right. throw him over the edge. You know, yeah, I wanted throw him to, in the deep end. you know, and, and Frogmorton across the pond was so good. It is so good. It's one of those, the, the Syrian Latakia in there, it's, uh, it's very soft. It's got these floral notes. It's paired with just a really generous portion of, uh, black Cavendish. And so it's super smooth and creamy and it's just, um, you know, one of those English style blends that, uh, that an aromatic smoker, it's kind of like taking those first couple steps in the deep end. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and now it's gone. And so, well, so is the deep end. And so is the whole deep end. That's right. <laughs> that's the, that's um, the tragedy. Yeah. So anyway, you've got, uh, you know, a few other, uh, uh, blenders that have a little bit of this Syrian Latakia left, but uh, by the folks uh, at MacBaron uh, who currently produce um, the vintage Syrian, um, they anticipate that their last shipment of the stuff will go out uh, this time next year. Mm. Uh, so in one year, they'll probably produce their last shipment, and then uh, and then that'll be it. So um, yeah, we just wanted to talk about that. Do you, you have know, any? It's really, do you have any? Uh, I'm, I may or may not. Yeah, I have I have some. Yeah, not not a bunch. You know, you know. Mm. All right, you think I ought to put it back and like try well, to sell it? No, I, <laughs> I say definitely put it back. But no, you, you know what I'm thinking of right now is, is uh, oh, this is gonna be delicate to talk about on air. Maybe this is dangerous to even try. You and I, we both have a uh, a friend who yeah. is uh, a, a genius, an ar- an artist, someone who has created some amazing things in the pipe world. That's right. And who has invented something that is yet to be released upon the pipe world. Do you know what I'm talking about? I actually don't, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run with you. Well, all right, so it involves, I'm going to pretend really well. It involves immortalizing tobacco in, in a decorative fashion. Okay, I'm with you now. All right, you with me now? Yep. I, I think there might be an opportunity... There. Ooh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you see what I'm saying yeah, now. All right, yeah. so so I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that out. Just there. leave that leave that as a uh, as a um, in case he's listening because right. he he probably has picked <laughs> up now or not. He may not know that we're talking about him as he's actively listening to us. So it, right. could, it could go either way. <laughs> and in which case, if you do know it and you realize we're talking about you, I'm, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know, I love you. Anyway, these are just ideas, just yeah. a thought. All right, you know, <laughs> but it is crazy that we're we're now so so really the impact. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 um it's like delayed death right it's like you, you right. cut off the rose but the rose still looks beautiful and still there even though technically it is dead and, and yeah. the source of what is fueling it has been gone it's interesting that we feel the impacts now in the midst of you know what what has even happened recently wow, uh, with yeah. syria because you know when what you a, first what a great point yeah and, and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and just i'll restate this um because we said this uh earlier this year and i'll, I'll or i guess it was late last year but one way or the other on this show we don't talk politics that's not something that we yeah. do yeah we just kind of um, keep our hands off that yeah but but you know real world circumstances with what's going on in syria you know i, I you know immediately when you were talking about uh, the fact that it was no longer available, I, I immediately thought it was directly related you associate it to the war, to the war, right? And and um, right. especially and, you know the international relationships there. Yeah. And we've even had uh, you know customers that have asked things like you know, look, if I buy tobacco that has Latakia in it, am I supporting in some way uh, the regime? Oh, interesting, over there? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And you and so you kind of have to walk through and uh, explain. Well, you know this this Latakia, if you are smoking Syrian Latakia, it was. Uh, you know, it was harvested over 10 years ago kind of thing. And right, so, right, right, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, it, 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 you know, people just have to be educated on it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> try, very try to educate yourself on the Syrian war. 
I mean, like literally, like <laughs> yeah. it, it is, it is a mess. It is so, it, it is so complicated. It, in terms yeah. of like looking at like just the different, like, you know, organizations involved and then how things yep. have changed hats. It really is. Yep. It is what a modern civil war looks like in the age of instant information. Yeah. And it's, it's, and especially with just kind of the, you know, the, the kind of, um, I mean, I hesitate to even say the the quote unquote cleanliness of kind of a civil war when you had oh this side versus this side right it's north yeah. versus south you either red or blue west. or black or white right. and it just happened but, but then now it's it's just, just a cascade it's, it's of way too convoluted it's yeah. crazy yeah. but anyway and, and and that's what uh, you know people are like well maybe it'll come back someday and uh, you know the the optimist in me is is very small when it comes to Syria and Latakia. Hey, for the um, people of Syria, yeah. I hope that uh, that things get stable enough and the infrastructure comes back. And that's right, that's uh, right. That the the last the last thing we uh, really need to worry about is uh, is a tobacco plant over there. As much as we do love it, there's exactly uh, right. all the things going on there. But um, but it is it is worth marking, and we uh, did want to talk about that Syria and Latakia. Of course, Syria, the birth place of Latakia, uh, that northern portion of the country with all those incredible uh, local, uh, you know, plants that impart that really special flavor uh, that we've known now for over 150 years. Um, we're uh, we're bringing that that era to an end. And yeah. uh, and and so many of our uh, favorite Syrian Latakia blends have just left the market. And uh, and next year we'll see a few more. So, well, I will pretty, say pretty interesting. At, at one at one day and age, I, I do I do hope and and think of a future where uh, at some point um, blends will be back on the market uh, of of all uh, nations and and when that day comes, we will need to send somebody across all countries and continents to go out and get the tobacco to bring it home. And that person is going to have to have the skills of a diplomat, which means they will need to be smoking the diplomat pipe from our good friends at. Missouri Meerschaum. Man, you tried so hard to make that work. And, I, I, I and, climbed and, and there. And in some sense, you, you did. A yeah. little bit. <laughs> Stuck the landing. Man, we, uh, we we do, as you know, love our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. And uh, for folks that do want to try uh, new tobacco blends or maybe component leaves by themselves, uh, just to get the, a good idea of what these blends taste like or the or the leaves, uh, we always recommend Missouri Meerschaum pipes uh, just because they're going to provide you with a, a clean smoke that uh, you know is, is quite pure in flavor. Uh, uh, and, and you're also buying a brand new pipe uh, that's uh, at a very reasonable price. And so uh, the Diplomat pipe from Missouri Meerschaum is great. It comes in a straight and a bent variety. Uh, it's kind of it, it has a is it a small kind of apple shape as you well know, as a taller billiard shape? Is I almost right? feel like they should call it the politician because it looks so different depending on no, which one. Gonna, uh, yeah, you know which which one are you going to look at? Exactly. So yeah, the Diplomat's one of the most popular designs. A larger bowl filtered pipe. Uh, they've got the oval shaped, which is apple, uh, and then also kind of a tall cylindrical yeah, uh, yeah. style as well. I'm I'm a big fan. Look, I'm apple pipes in general. Just that that the that style, that shape, I think is so beautiful. They're nice, mm-hmm. and so you know that is the diplomat of my choice. But hey, if you've got a diplomat pipe from Missouri Meerschaum, smoke it this week. Take a picture of it. We love to retweet those out when y'all send them in. Uh, it's a great way to let the good folks over at Missouri Meerschaum know that you help. Uh, you thank them for supporting this show, uh, as we do as well. So again, that's the diplomat pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. All right, pipe question of the week this week comes in from Ed Dupree. Man, man love, Ed, love Ed. We love Ed. Yeah. All right, so this is great, man. This is uh this is kind of a personal question. Okay. All right, he says, "What is something that you do now with years of experience smoking that you wish you had known when you first started?" All right, now, John David, take him back. Mm. How how old were you uh, when you legally started smoking a pipe? Uh, when I legally started smoking a pipe, I was, I was 18. I, I, I did wait until I was 18, but I, I was 18. Um, and it, we've talked about this before. You know, I had friends that were smoking cigarettes. And, of course, I was kind of a, a, a you know, a pompous nerd that had to show them up and be a little different. And uh, so right, I immediately right. went to the pipe. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think there was a lot I, I didn't know. Uh, you know, I, I've probably got like a 1A and a one B on this. Um, and, and I, I, so I'm going to say both okay, and yeah, they yeah, both involve fine. tamping. Okay. So I, you know, I talk, didn't know how to tamp that ash. I, I didn't know how to tamp that ash and, and, and tamping that ash is so critically important. It takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. And so I, you know, it, it all seriousness, like I, you know, I, I, People probably think, especially if they come in the store, I'm just a complete broken record because I'm always telling folks, you've got to tamp your pipe. That's the only way you're going to be able to keep it lit for yeah, an extended good, yeah. period of time. And so, um, so, so first off, I think, you know, I, I wish I would have known that up front. I wish, you know, th- there was just no one at Walgreens to tell me, hey, you know, you, you need this little goofy looking tool, uh, <laughs> you know, th- this fake nail thing. Wait, they didn't, uh, they didn't give you a nail? You know, well, you know, you're, you're at Walgreens. And so they just want to sell you that, a greeting card, maybe some Snickers all right, and all right, cheap all right, beer all right, and all then right. get you out the Why? door. Why? Let me just, right, just, quick, quick, quick soapbox here. <laughs> In this day and age, and I get it was different times. It wasn't then. this day and age. In, but in this day and age, I hope, I hope that 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 your first you listener, you dear listener, who's listening because right. of your interest. That's right. Don't go to Walgreens for your first pipe experience. That's please, right. Please, please. That's right. <laughs> Come down to Jackson. We're we'll, begging you. We're we'll begging take, you. Take care of you. Here. The the uh, the delinquents are now in charge of the uh, in charge of the asylum, and we'll take good care. We'll of take you. great care. Yeah. Of you. Great. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I I just didn't know about tamping, and so I think, uh, you know, I think I think tamping is the first thing, and then 
And then as kind of a, that's one A, I think one B uh, would be, you know, once I kind of figured that out, I didn't really know how to do it and when to do it. And, Mm -hmm. and, And when I'm tamping my pipe, I so often find that it's helpful uh, to tamp my pipe uh, while I'm puffing on it. And I tell folks that all the time. It's like just, you know, kind of use that as a mental tool to think, okay, what's happening in that bowl while you're uh, tamping the ash? You're, you know, you're stoking up that fire. Imagine a campfire with a nice gust of wind blowing through it, and you're kind of moving the logs around at the same time to get the, you know, get the embers to light pieces of the fire that aren't lit, but, you know, or maybe maybe were lit but aren't lit anymore and this kind of thing. And so you kind of have to mentally you know, imagine the inside of your bowl uh, among those along those same lines. And so, um, you know, I think puffing while I'm tamping my pipe has helped me uh, tremendously over the years. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'll just submit those two things. I think uh, both those are uh, are important to me. And, um, you know, if you if you keep your pipe lit, I'm convinced you're going to just enjoy the experience more because um, you won't have to relight it over and over. And, Therefore, your tongue will not get as burned as it could be. And so I'm just such a such a stickler on helping people get their pipe lit and keeping it lit. And um, and, and so that tamping is really important. You know, I, I would not have thought about that. But but for me, it's kind of the same, although I've got another one. Yeah. And uh, especially like for long smoke competitions, completely changed my game uh, once I got tamping down. I, I hesitate to say how old I was. Uh, last year when you told that to me, um, two, two years ago, uh, but one way or the other, <laughs> one way or the other, that was not, uh, it was, it was later in the game. I think for me, man, um, this is more of, it, it's less about like a skill and more about a mindset Yeah, and that's just to, to enjoy it and to not be upset if you do have to relight several times over. Yeah. Kind of giving yourself a break. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause that was the thing I remember I, I got into uh, pipes and pipe tobacco at a, at a very stressful time. It's it, thinking back on that era now. And I say, yeah, stressful, I remember, it's like, remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. You thought that was stress. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but at the time, you know, I was like, it was, it was, it was a stressful, it was a stressful period of time in my life. And, and I was kind of looking for kind of relaxation processes, something to incorporate. Uh, you know, I wanted to be something tactile, something, not video games, just, just something I could do. And so I went to watercolors and I went to pipe tobacco. And so I went in and I I had a terrible first pipe experience I had a terrible second pipe experience, but one way or the other, I ended up owning these two pipes and tobaccos. (laughs) And I got so frustrated as I, you know, kept on trying to light it or I did light it, but then I have to light it like six or seven times. And I thought I was failing and that's not failing. That's just part of the process. Yeah, sure thing. And so I wish that I had known then not to be so frustrated with myself because I put, I put down the pipe for a good couple of years uh, because of me constantly feeling almost self-conscious about yeah. the way that I was smoking my pipe. I think a lot of people do. A lot, I, you know, I hear constantly people coming back in. They're like, well, you know, it's cooler weather, and I thought about picking the pipe back up. And then they'll say something like, you know, I used to smoke a pipe, but, you know, I just kind of gave it up. I never really got the hang of it. I never really figured it out. And I, I don't know. And then and then that's when we have the conversation. I'm like, hey, do you, do you have five minutes? Can you walk over to the tobacco bar with me and let me just, uh, let me just you know, load my bowl up with you and kind of – 
you know, uh, show you how to do it. And uh, and that's, I think, when the experience changes for people. Do you have five minutes for me to tell you about John David Cole and how he's my personal tobacconist? <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> Sorry. When you said that, it just sounded too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that's uh, that's our experiences, Ed. Uh, great, great thoughts. Really you know, good question. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to post this one up on Facebook and get you guys' thoughts. Let's get a conversation going about that. I'd love to know what some of uh, some of those of you who've been smoking your pipe for years. do a whole episode on that. I mean, seriously. I mean, really. That yeah. might be that might be a good one. I'm I'm curious to hear what the feedback is. And as you kind of uh, post those thoughts, remember that we've got a lot of newbies that are kind of looking at, um, you know, c- coming to Country Square Radio for yeah. for that exact same type of question and experience. And so, yeah, some of, some of our biggest downloaded episodes, actually, Bo, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, are are those 101 episodes. That's right. Yeah. The, you know, the ones where we revisit things like you know how to pack your pipe or how to light your pipe or uh, you know what what is the difference between an aromatic tobacco, non-aromatic or whatever. And um, so anyway, yeah, that could be really helpful if y'all would chime in on that kind of thing. That's right. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. All righty, man. We got some quick fire questions in from the good folks at thispipelife.com. Uh, this one is coming in from Jay Curtis Goodwin. Good. Good wine? Good one. Good, good win. Well, it's, but there's an E after it. I think it's good one. Jay Curtis says, <laughs> all right, here we go. Are you ready? Bring it. All right. So he, he's got this very much styled as a would you rather. Okay. Okay. Um, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent? I, I think I think the most intelligent. I, I appreciate it when other people are the funniest person in the room. I, I really do. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just like I like the process of laughing and not having to come up with a joke. That's good. I'd rather be the most intelligent. Well, you know, in terms of having to choose, because often I find that uh, <laughs> I qualify as both. No, that's not, uh, not in the slightest. I, I think I'm going to go with you because if you're the most intelligent, you can also be the funniest, just no one else knows it. Ah, but you know it. Exactly. <laughs> and I kind of find myself, I don't think that I fall into the intelligent. This is more of just, I'm a jerk, but like I yeah. will make yeah. jokes that I think are hilarious and nobody else does. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause sure. it's like the, the, the laughter is going on up here. And, uh, and I, yeah, it makes me very socially awkward in, in a lot of situations. I do like being the funniest person in the room. You know, I told you I was going to go to open mic night. Yeah. Uh, this last, I, I did, I ended up not going up on mic cause I was late. <laughs> But at some point, to the and, benefit of all the people that were there, come on, man! <laughs> I was going to be yeah, great. quick on your toes. I could see it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I could have come up with something pretty good. But I, no, man, I was I was looking forward to it. I have done an open mic night before, although it was. Uh, did I tell you about that? Yeah, you have. Okay, all right, all right. So, but but that even that wasn't necessarily a full on stand up comedy. I do have it on my bucket list to be the funniest person in the room in a stand up comedy comediatic com- comedic. Uh, comedic comedic uh but but anyway yes clearly i'm not the most intelligent person in this room but i wish i wish i was all right would you rather win fifty thousand dollars or let your best friend win five hundred thousand dollars golly that's just i I always feel like this is with you know uh, showing a dark side of my heart but uh man show me the money fifty thousand dollars isn't that I much? I can do a lot with fifty thousand. It's not that much money. I know, I know. It's not in today's world, well, but I mean, still, it's. I mean, it's. It's a. I can do a lot with that. I could invest that quite wisely and do something. Look, Bo, I would love for you to win five hundred thousand dollars if you gave me fifty thousand of it. Okay, that, <laughs> done and deal. Okay, deal. 
<laughs> that'll work right there. No, I, you know, that's the thing. Like, um, it, it's funny because, you know, right now I'm, I'm raising for, uh, for, for my other company for Satchel. And yeah. so, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, these, these big chunks of money, like for example, like literally $50,000, I'm, I'm looking at that and, and that's, that's not a small amount of money, but like compared to what we need, it's, it's a small amount of money. So yeah. it's like all in of a sudden. In today's world, it, you know, if you're talking big picture, it, uh, yeah. Numbers end, end up becoming like very relative. Yep. Um, but no, I, I would, I would definitely rather have my best friend win 500,000. Well, you're a better person than I am. So good for you. Well, I'm Is assuming... it lonely up there on your high horse? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Let me explain my selfish reasoning. I'm assuming that my best friend oh. is going to hook me up yeah. from time to time. They'll take on all the liability of owning the yacht i just get to borrow the yacht you're the guy that shows up with the beer yeah it, yes and that's i it. am <laughs> and the, and the scotch man. can i bring anything yeah <laughs> uh so yes there you go all right then finally he says would you rather have free wi-fi wherever you go or have free coffee wherever and whenever you want golly i think hmm. i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go with coffee Really? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with coffee. I think I go with coffee. Interesting. I can, I can, yeah, I can do without. I, I'm trying to. Di- okay. Yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to divorce myself from Wi-Fi a little bit of late, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the coffee. Yeah. I'm looking at you with your wireless computer. I, I don't want to. Yeah, you don't have to bring up all okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying. You know, when when I you know leave work and go just, home, I'm just trying to just trying to put it aside. No, but, all right, all right. Uh, but but I I do appreciate the coffee. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I the question I need the caveat here. Does the free coffee, because he specifies whenever and wherever, does that mean literally I could say I want coffee and it magically appears yeah. in my hand? Yeah, I think so. Because that means now I have superpowers. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> I, I could conjure up coffee, hot coffee. I would assume it's hot coffee anytime well, that I want Maybe you could to. conjure up Wi-Fi too. Well, but that's less effective. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, I could actually fight bad guys and throw hot coffee With on coffee. Yeah. yeah. And then they'd sue me like I'm McDonald's. Yeah. But it'd be awesome. No, that's true. I'd be coffee man. I would wear a burlap sack as my cape. <laughs> Fortunately, you have plenty of them. I think I think this could be something. So you're a big coffee man. And no, I would definitely take the Wi-Fi I wear. Okay. <laughs> right. I just I like the ability to connect no matter where I am. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Great quick fire questions in from uh, Jay Curtis Goodwin. Uh, and of course, that is his username. And I think actually his actual name, because I think I know exactly who this is. Right. And uh, and they are over at the good, uh, good place that is the online community that is thispipelife.com. That's right. Now, thispipelife.com, an amazing online community, very, uh, very interactive, very beautiful, but also have a great forums over there and over on the forums that's where we've got our quick fire questions uh line where a lot of people are submitting these things now uh you know one of the things i love about their website like i mentioned before is is just how visual it is and john david you got an eye for uh pictures and photography and such i mean like would, would you say i mean you know with with your design flair eye <laughs> How would you? How would I think you? I just got a promotion. I, well, <laughs> how, how would you describe this pipelife.com? Yeah, it's just very visually appealing. They're always looking for the next angle uh, when it comes to you know um, just interesting ways to portray uh, you know the the tobacco culture that we find ourselves in. And so whether it's uh, you know folks gathered around a campfire smoking their pipes or uh, maybe a beautiful collection of pipes uh, just kind of laid out on a nice wooden deck, mm. uh, you know they've got uh, just it's, the folks behind the camera. Are just really thoughtful, I think, when uh, you know trying to tackle this kind of thing. And of course, they're they're picking up also on the best pictures that are coming from their community. And so, a lot of times, you can actually find your photo. 
Auto featured on this PipeLife.com. Uh, they're, you know, the incredible stuff uh, that you can draw from through the forums there uh, are, is also quite rewarding, particularly if you're a newer pipe smoker and need some, uh, need some help. Uh, getting started or have some questions. Uh, there's just a lot of resources there for you. So uh, we definitely point you to this pipelife.com. When you do, you'll have to sign up to get in, but it is absolutely free. Uh, and you use the code CSR when you sign up. And that helps the folks at this pipelife.com know that you heard about us, uh, heard about them through us, and it uh, helps us out too. Yeah, that's right. This pipelife.com. Use the code CSR when you register at this pipelife.com. I wonder if that also, if you could, could I get coffee and sugar and such in my coffee? Because then could I just conjure also sugar and sugar and cream, steamed milk, go half and half, bam! (laughs) (laughs) It'd be it'd be amazing. Have a really lame new comic book character. Your Your thoughts, thoughts, your your comments, comments. listener Listener feedback. feedback, listener feedback this week. Uh, We got some great listener feedback. Actually, this is uh, in reference specifically to last week's. Uh, episode. We yeah. talked a lot about uh, beaches. Um, Charles Hibbs, he writes in, he says, I'm from Kansas and we get a fair amount of wind. Uh, I love my wind caps, but uh, not only for blocking the wind, but they also hold uh, my prepackaged tobacco. That's right, in the pipe. Uh, also, I use cobs at work, especially uh, the acorn. All yeah, right, yeah. Right. That acorn uh, devil ants that uh, Missouri Mearsham came out with is really, really good looking pipe. Um, and we did talk about that kind of, you know, preloading your pipe to go to the beach. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Charles, he's preloading his pipe and then he's putting the wind cap on there uh, to keep the the bowl ready for him. You know, he can put it in his pocket, throw it in his bag uh, and not have to worry about the tobacco getting anywhere, which is really nice. So um, me and our friend Roberto, all the way from Italy, uh, who made a, a Country Squire pilgrimage, uh, pipe pilgrimage, I guess, uh, almost, not quite a year ago now, Man. but uh, Roberto, uh, he asked, what are your favorite beaches there in Mississippi? He says, Gulfport or Biloxi? All right, Roberto, <laughs> let me, yeah, so Bo's laughing. Let, let me, let me just, ex- uh, let me give you a, like just a short geography lesson. Okay, so <laughs> so there are technically beaches in the state of Mississippi. Very technically. That, that, right. I mean, by textbook definition. But the, the problem is, is there's uh, about um, about five miles off the coast of, of Mississippi's Gulf Coast, uh, down in the Gulf of Mexico, there's an island. Uh, and that island, it's called Ship Island, it creates a sound. Uh, the, uh, the body of water called a sound. So you've got, uh, you know, the Gulf of Mexico... This island, the Mississippi Sound, and then and then Gulfport and Biloxi, mm. and and the problem is that island that's out there. It doesn't allow the water close to the beach, uh, close to the main shore, to get cleaned out, and and so the the beach in in the Mississippi Gulf Coast is really muddy, swampy. You know, it's just it's just. It's just not that beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like... We love Gulfport and Biloxi. I mean, particularly, there's some really historic places down there. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Jefferson Davis's uh, home is actually in Biloxi. You can go... It's called... Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, man, I've forgotten it. But uh, Beauvoir. Beauvoir. You can go to- tour uh, Beauvoir. And uh, there's uh, lots of gaming uh, industry down there. So you go to these beautiful uh, casinos that they spent... Uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. to to do really you know interesting places to eat, great seafood, all that. But the the beaches aren't pretty because of that Mississippi Sound. Uh, that sound because of that island, it, it's it doesn't let the uh, the Gulf water kind of clean it out. So it's just sound. not a yeah, it's just not too not too pretty. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to hate on Biloxi. Actually, our producer Mike, uh, he's he's actually in the no, process. No, we love Biloxi. He's moving and, and to Gulfport. Biloxi right now. Yeah, so no, absolutely. Really it's 
for and, and the locals there also know, like, well, you know, the, it's the, it's beautiful down there. It's just you don't you don't necessarily get in the water. Yeah, well, so that's the thing. Um, so so back to the original question: What is your favorite beaches there in Mississippi, uh, Gulfport, Biloxi? The answer is Hard Pass. Yeah, Hard Pass. Hard Pass. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm going to Dolphin Island uh, in the in about. Yeah, a, a you know, you just work your way over to the east a little bit. Yeah, so that's that's what you do. Um, we also, man, we've been getting some great uh, tweets in for those of you who are joining us live. Uh, <laughs> You're great. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a smaller crowd tonight, but but loving getting your feedback, man. Kurt, you're you're you've got the most amazing porch setup right now. I uh, got some family around. He's got his he's got his shoes off, kicked back, got the sunset in the background. That's awesome. He that says, is awesome. Uh, he's playing uh, playing the uh, the podcast in the background as I close out Easter with my family. Life is good. Well, hey everybody, hey Kurt's family, how y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hope y'all are doing good. Absolutely. Th- thanks so much for letting us be a part of your your Sunday evening. Um, man, Mark VV apparently also has a Michael Jordan mug. Uh, which is staring us in the eye with some boodles and tonic. And so, uh, man, Mark, you just we're just on the same page. Man. I mean, we're, we're, we're just on the same page. Now, Mark is one of your fans. I bet I bet Mark VV, he's done the full seersucker bow tie uh, John David Beard. That's what I'm saying. They cosplay. I'm a Mark fan. I, oh, I'm a huge have Mark to be, fan. Yeah. He, no, I, this is this goes both ways now. I'm just saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, man, Greg, Greg uh, tweets in. He asks this? if uh, if Bo has shaved again uh, or is that his 10-year-old son? Yeah. And, uh, and yes, Bo has shaved again, and uh, we, we talked about his regrets of doing that. But uh, uh, anyway, I you know I told Bo, I, you know it's it, it, it the, the, the part of the reason I don't grow a or I, I don't shave my face is because I don't have that jawline anymore that I used to have. You know my my neck just kind of kind of goes right up into my chin. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so no, my beard, you. you know, and I, I don't know, my Bo, maybe you ought to think about that too. Look, look, as <laughs> I was telling you, I'll, I'll tell you guys. As I told John David, I've got this very important meeting tomorrow, and so I want to put my best foot forward i shaved i looked in the mirror and realized i did not do that so yeah there you go <laughs> it is just best is foot it forward is. well you know when you grow a beard it also saves that delicious pipe tobacco flavor uh, yeah, for that's later. true yeah. that is true all right and then uh also varge uh he says uh you know uh for him the importance of uh, oh hang on let's let's see oh. yeah when he was talking we were talking about uh Ed's question, something that you wish you would have known when you first started smoking a pipe. And, uh, and Varge comes back and says he That's wishes right. um, he would have known about the importance of drying time. Uh, drying time, think about these moist tobaccos, not just aromatics, but uh, particularly some of the pressed Virginias and uh, Periques, things of that nature. A lot of these tobaccos are just really... Uh, really wet, uh, and there's some brands that are notorious for that. I think of uh, all the Samuel Gaywith stuff, uh, Gaywith and Hogarth. These brands are just real, uh, you know, they come out of the tin just real moist, and so, you know, you tear them apart, uh, let them sit there and dry, just kind of air out some, and uh, sometimes even multiple days, and it can make your experience just a lot more enjoyable. Uh, so, yeah, great, great, great point, Varge. Well, good show tonight, man. A um, lot of lot of things that are going on, some uh, kind of some sad news in terms of the industry. I'm actually, uh, right now, as we we're in the uh, the Pottery Studio, right next door is my office. I've moved my cellar to my office, so I am uh, going to have you just do a quick look before we leave, just to make sure. Or just pick out anything that uh, might need to sit back a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I just need to know what I need to like like put in the <laughs> bank. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> like, this may not exist in a couple of years, but uh, one way or the other, man. I, I you know I, I appreciate uh, your knowledge, kind of educating us a little bit about the history of how we got to this point, and um, and yeah, man, I, I think it was a. Uh, uh, great, 
always always great to sit sit down and uh, and get a history lesson from per, uh, Professor John David. Ah. Uh. <laughs> well, hey, we we always love also getting uh, you guys feedback. Thank y'all so much for uh, for writing in the YouTube comments, the Facebook posts, the emails. Those are so wonderful. We also really appreciate it. By the way, if you head over to iTunes and write us a review, uh, it's a great way to help the show without spending a dime. However, if you are willing to help uh, this show by spending a dime, in fact, <laughs> a couple of or dimes, ten dimes, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> become a patron for as little as a dollar an episode. Uh, by doing so, you get some extra benefits as well. By the way, if you uh, if you become a patron for just a dollar an episode, you get the full archive of episodes dating back almost two hundred episodes. Uh, and that can be yours. We also have club membership for those of you doing $3 to $5 an episode. Learn more by going to patreon.com slash Radio, or we make it simple. Just click the become a patron button that's right there on the Satchel Podcast Player, which is definitely how you should be listening to the show on the Satchel Podcast Player for your iPhone or Android. Y'all, you can keep up with us throughout the week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Uh, and then, of course, all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com, where you can tune in live. And yes, next week we will be back to the normal time at the normal location. Monday night. Monday night. That's 8.30 Central Time, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. We'd love to have you join us at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, it has been a, a beautiful Easter. and Quite, um, a, quite a treat, man. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think I am. This is the first Easter that you and I have spent uh, some time together, and I got to tell you. That's it, right. It has been, uh, it has been a pleasure, right. sir. Uh, absolutely. Quite, quite the same. Happy Easter, bro. Happy Easter to you. Let's go have a night. See you, brother. listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.